You're listening to Someone Like Me, an RTE Junior production, with thanks to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Hi, my name is Connell, and I go to Galway Educate Together National School. I'm the narrator for Someone Like Me, so when you hear my voice, I'm going to be telling you jokes and giving you fun facts and wellness tips. Joke time! Why did the toilet paper roll down the hill to go to the bottom? (laughs) Thanks, Connell. Welcome to episode two of Someone Like Me. We had such an amazing response to episode one. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new to this show, welcome. My name is Kate Brennan-Harding. I wanted to create a show that's all about celebrating differences. Across the eight-part series, we will be hearing from young people around Ireland who will be sharing their story with us, and they will be interviewing a grown-up that's very like them. If you would like to listen back, you can find all the episodes online, rte.ie forward slash podcasts, or rte.ie forward slash kids. Now, to this week's show. The star of this week's show is Robert Mockler. He is 13 and in first year. He loves football, GAA, and he also has a thing called DLD which stands for Developmental Language Disorder. He's going to be interviewing Carl Reddy shortly. But first, Carl, what is DLD? So DLD is a learning disability whereby the person with DLD struggles to understand or speak their native language. Thanks so much, Carl. Talk to you in a bit. Okay, so you won't hear my voice too much as it's time for Robert to take over. And I'm here with him now. Robert, how are you today? I'm good, yeah, thank you. Robert, take it away there with your introduction to who you are and where you live and all the things about you and enjoy your interview with Carl and I'll pop in at the end. My name is Robert Mockler. I'm 13 years old and I live in City West, Dublin. I play football, Rock Hill FC and GAA, which is like Kevin's Keynes. I go to Kingswood Community College and I'm in first year. I have two sisters, one brother and a dog named Honey. I have DLD which is the Developmental Language Disorder. DLD is when people have difficulties understanding and using language. Research shows two, that two students in every class of 30 have DLD. I want people around the world to know more about DLD so that people like me don't struggle as much. Today, I am interviewing Carl Reddy, who is someone like me. Hi, Carl. Would you introduce yourself to us? Hi, my name's Carl. I'm 22 years old. I'm an apprentice carpenter and I have DLD. For me, DLD messes with my emotions in English a lot. And sometimes I don't understand what my friends are talking about. And especially things like idioms catch me out very easily. My question is, what was hard for you when you were a kid? I think what you said there, exactly the same thing, uh, was sort of... I guess people talking to me or even stuff that was written down was very hard for me to understand as a child. Like I think even something as simple, like even in primary school, if you were to write down, say, the cat was on the roof, people could understand that very easily. But for some reason, I couldn't like and people would think, oh, you know, maybe you're dyslexic or maybe or you've ADHD and you don't you're not concentrating. And it wasn't that I knew I was I knew the words I could spell it out. I knew it was written down. It's just I couldn't understand what was being said. And exactly the same thing with if someone said the sentence out to me, it just didn't really make sense to me. So, yeah, I think that was the one thing, the big struggle with school and with learning through life was learning how to understand yeah. what people were saying to me. And I think almost kind of being afraid to sort of ask people to repeat themselves a little bit. So... That's the one thing I was a bit afraid of when I was a kid. What is DLD like for you? Um, 
DLD is, I guess for me, it's sort of the under it's the struggle to understand the yeah uh, your the language I say like it's just a struggle to understand what people are saying and it's a struggle with your communicational skills. It's sort of, I guess, for me, was me struggling to try and communicate with people and try to connect with people, both emotionally on an emotional level and. I think DLD really did impact me in terms of like, you know, connecting with friends because I couldn't really talk to them or I couldn't really connect to them in any way because I didn't know what they were saying. So I think but later on in life, I think I learned to understand and I learned to kind of overcome it. Yeah. So what was DLD like for you? It's pretty much like the same thing with you. Um, it was kind of hard when I was in primary school. It was a lot harder to make friends, especially during junior and the first class. Um, I didn't really understand what the children were saying, and it, so when they were trying to talk to me, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do, and it got me very emotional very easily. Hmm. It's the same, yeah. It's the same for myself as well. Like I think not understanding what people were saying to me, and I think take sometimes taking advantage of me, like telling me to do stuff that I didn't want to do. Like I knew it wasn't right, but in the end of the day, I was like, oh yeah, but you know what? I might as well do it because like, maybe I might, you know, be seen in a better light when I wasn't, you know. So I think that's one thing that the idea was for me as well, was that a lot of people could take advantage. And as well, I think not being able to understand when teachers were telling me to do something, I couldn't understand them. And then getting frustrated with me was definitely uh, one thing for me that really stood out in my childhood. And I think it really kind of, impacted on how I did in school as well and how I kind of felt towards school so yeah was it easier looking at pictures or actual writing because I find it very hard in tests or exams looking at the writing instead of pictures yeah pictures definitely do make a huge difference I'm now an apprentice carpenter and we deal with a lot of pictures and we do a lot of drawing and I find especially like when it comes to exams if it's either drawn up or say what's better for me is if I, if I see a video of someone doing it so say for like for maths if you're learning trigonometry or if you're learning anything to do with it if it's written down i don't understand it if it's done displayed i have a good idea what to do but if i see a video of someone doing it like going to youtube and i see someone doing it then i'm like oh yeah i now know that yeah yeah i just started secondary school and i'm finding it and i find writing concentrate very hard in the classroom so my question is, what was it like going into the exams in third year and sixth year? And what was it like doing the leaving, sir? Did you find it hard and what helped you? Oh, I was absolutely, like, I was just so afraid to just do, even the, even my junior cert, I was just so afraid of doing it because even though I didn't do too badly in my leaving cert or in my junior cert, but I think knowing that I had a tro- I had trouble with understanding what was written down in front of me, it just that just dawned on me and I was just like oh no I think it was even around her that I started realize that I kind of had DLD and there was something seriously wrong I was like oh okay I've something drawn me back here everyone's well ahead of me at academics and at other things and I don't know why going to the third year the junior cert and going into the leaving search was definitely a daunting thing for myself but I think at the end of the day, like all I had, all I did was just you know try and keep the head down, try my best as much as I could. Like, and I just went in, like, just with all the full confidence that I could pass it, and I did. Like, so lucky enough, I did pass it. 
I know your job was an apprentice carpenter, but did you go to college? Uh, I did a part-time course in music, actually. I did do that, um, surprisingly. I didn't, it didn't last too long because uh, it just wasn't, wasn't for me. I was hoping to do music teaching, but it just wasn't for me. Was it hard trying to get a job, and what is it like in an actual workplace with DLD? Um, in a workplace with uh, DLD, it wasn't too hard to get a job with DLD. I think the one thing for myself is that it, it can be a bit daunting as well. You can get really nervous whenever someone is asking you a question and you don't understand it, but they don't know you have DLD and you're kind of go, they're asking you questions and they're drilling you and it's just like, oh, oh, okay. Um, um, and you're kind of thinking, like, what do I say? What do I say? And then you eventually come to the point where, well, if I just say something, then fair enough, that'd be fine, even if it doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, I think I, did, I didn't find it too hard with DLD to get a job, I think, because a lot of the jobs I have were more, mostly working on building sites. And a lot of times they don't really look for, they don't really mind your disability or anything like that. They just want to know if you're willing to work and if you're willing to help out, that's fair enough. I think in a way that environment kind of suits me because it's sort of, it's not like, mo I think most places will kind of look down on you if you had DLD or if you're looking into HR, or if you're looking into doing anything with communications, you know, it wouldn't be helpful and people might look down on that. Whereas I think in the sector I work in, it's kind of more or less, well, if you're good with your hands and if you're willing to help and you're willing to do the work, then, you know, please join us, like, you know, please come on and help us. So. You know, I really love what I do. Like. Yeah, that's great. Time for a quick break. Joke time. Did you hear about the Italian chef who died? He passed away. <laughs> you are listening to Someone Like Me, an RTE Junior production, with thanks to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Let's get back to Robert and Carl. What advice would you give me to achieve my actual goals? And did you have any tips that would help me with everyday life that helped you? Mm, let's see, any tips? Everyday help. I think one thing that helped me through school was, I think, hurling. That was one thing that helped me. Just sports in general. Uh, extracurricular, definitely. Doing as much as you can helps because I think if you're doing a lot, you know, outside of school, it keeps, it takes your mind off school. And then if you had a bad day in school, I'd just go play hurling or just go to the wall, to a wall. Or yeah, in Bally Bowden, we had the skills wall that you could just go to and you could just bang a ball up against it, catch, bang a ball, catch, first touch. And that's where it'd be every day. Like, because it just took my mind off school, like whether I had a test and it did poorly or someone said something to me and I didn't like it or some, someone was making fun of me, or a teacher just said, you know what, oh, you're, you're useless, you're not going to do anything, you're not going to be anything. So I think just having extracurricular takes your mind off things, and it definitely gives you a reason to strive for something else, rather than just thinking, oh, well, I have if I'm, I have to be academic to achieve stuff. You don't have to be academic. Sure. I think most of the people you see, like in history, if you learn it, if you go through history, like a lot of people you'll learn about, even scientists, you know, had problems like they had Asperger's, they had any sort of problems, you know, and they wouldn't, they'd be in a, they'd be in the same situation as you and me, like, you know, in a class, in a class with one teacher, you know, trying to help them get through school. Like, so I think as well, in terms of DLD, I think for me, 
it's sort of kind of naturally kind of came together. Like, you know, I think naturally it kind of clicked with me that, oh, you know, when people were talking to me, like eventually I was able to kind of understand better. Like, you know, obviously I did have a little bit of help and I worked at it. But I think the more you kind of get yourself out, you put yourself out there. And even if you just, if you have any friends, just say to them and admit and just say to them, look, I've DLD, like, you know, I appreciate you if you could help me out with some conversational skills. Like, I'm just going to nip back into the room, <laughs> the virtual room. You guys, the conversation is amazing. Um, Robert, do your friends know? What's it like for you with your friends? Well, it's actually probably a lot easier around the friends because we don't do like insane music. We don't just talk. We actually do activities. Mm-hmm. Like we go out to a shopping center or we play football in the field or just do anything. We don't talk as much. Yeah. And if we are talking, we actually understand each other. Hmm. That's a, And that's a good way to do it as well. Like I think is that having as much acti- activity with your friends as you can is definitely a good thing. Yeah. So I think for myself as well, like, you know, my activity though, I did have have a couple of friends, but I think to later on they kind of drifted away because they kind of realized I did have DLD. And I could, well, I don't think they realized they DLD. Like, I think they just realized that there wasn't something 100% with me. And I couldn't explain to them why I wasn't 100%. So I think in that sense, I kind of regret not saying something. Definitely understand that because that happened to me. I was very scared to talk to kids mm-hmm. when I was younger a lot younger in primary school. I was very scared to go near them. I'd only talk to the friends that I've met before school. That was like two to three people. Mm. And there was like a class of like 25. Mm. So I only talked to two people out of like 25 in a classroom until let's say first to second class. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, I started talking more because I went to therapy for a couple of years. I built the confidence up when I got older. So I knew it was time I had to start actually socialising with, with, with other kids in the classroom. Mm. And now they're actually my friends, so... Mm. So it, it's definitely has worked for you. Benefit. Like, the, yeah. the therapy's worked for you. It worked for me as well, in a way. Mm. Like, you know, just... Yeah. I think the one thing that I've definitely learned as well throughout the years is that um, it's to never be afraid to express yourself, never be afraid to, to say who you are and never be afraid to, to admit who you are. Because I think at the end of the yeah. day, like... I'm more interested in learning about other people and who they are. Like, I think for a while I was afraid to admit that, you know, oh, I DLD, or I was afraid to admit, like, you know, I was different from other people in a way. That's the one thing people like me and you definitely, you know, struggle with, I think, is thinking, oh, what I have is a drawback. It's not a drawback. It's probably, uh, it's probably one of the biggest strengths you'll ever have in your life. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Because I haven't had somebody who's actually understanding me probably my whole life. Mm. It's It's been way too difficult to understand, for other people to understand me. Mm. Because I have a couple of friends who are like dyslexic, maybe, or kids in my classroom who are dyslexic, but they don't actually understand me. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really hard. It's, it's a diff- it is different, like, and I think it, it is a very different world, like, and it is very hard to find people who are very much like you. But... I think it's important to kind of let people know that you are different and let people know that you are who you are. And if you do that, you know, and if they accept it, they accept it. If they don't, they don't, unfortunately. Like, most people aren't going to be accepting of you. Like, I've learned that the hard way. But the people who are going to be accepting of you and the people who are going to 
support you. They're the people you stay close to and they're the people who you keep with you. Carl, I have to ask you this. What's the one thing, like if you could go back in time, so imagine like Robert is a younger version of you. So he's in first year of secondary school. What advice do you have for him being specifically in first year? Told myself when I was in first year. Um, oh, that's a good question, actually. Hmm. I think in first year, I think I was a bit too nervous to talk to people. That was one thing I was a bit too nervous to. And I think, I'd say I kind of stuck with people who I was mostly familiar with. And I think event like that kind of turned out to be a bad thing in a, in a, in a way because they all drifted away from me. So I think one thing I'd say is always kind of keep, always try like keep your friends close, like whoever you have, like always be friends with them no matter what. But don't be afraid to talk to other people and getting to know them as well. If they want to know yeah. you, that's great. If they don't, then don't worry about it. That's the first bit of advice I'd say. Just try and talk to as many people as you can, like and get to know them. Yeah. Second thing I'd say is. You know, I know, like, probably you struggled with this, but always try your best in school. Like, and always try your hardest. Maybe try and explain to teachers that I think I should have said something to the teachers that look at I have a bit of a DLD situation here. Like, you know, can you, you know, please help me out with certain questions or help me out with certain things? I don't understand that here. Mm-hmm. I never really did that. You know, I always kind of you know kept myself quiet because I always kind of felt like if I asked this question, I'm going to come across as being stupid and. Of course, maybe they are. People say that there's no such thing as a stupid question, but it's that's not true. There are stupid questions, but you know, some of the the yeah. questions, the stupid questions, might actually save you in an exam, or they might help you with certain thing you're dealing with. So always ask questions, and always always be kind of explaining to teachers, like, look, at, I I don't understand this. Please help me out. Look, at, I I really am trying here, but I just don't understand. Yeah, I'm just uh, I agree with that. Like, I think. My mom has definitely told the schools before I've gone into it hmm. that there was something up with with the DLD. They've definitely understand it, and even in when I'm in class, they, like when they say a word that like I can't use an example, but like some mad word, I'm like what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So de- definitely do. And then they understand. Yeah, it, so. don't be afraid to ask that. Don't be afraid to ask the questions because I think. I only learned how to do just to ask questions when I went into work in construction. When I went to work in uh, as an apprentice, because now as an apprentice, that's the thing you have to do is that you have to always constantly ask questions and ask what to do here, what to do here. And at first, I was afraid to ask them because it comes across as being a bit dumb. But now I'm not afraid to ask any questions. If it comes across as if people laugh at me for asking the question, that's fair enough. And I think I now realizing that I should have just done that in school. You know, I should have just asked the questions no matter what. If it comes across as a bit dumb, then fair enough. People are going to, teachers might, you know, laugh at you. Students might laugh at you. And it is hurtful. It can be painful. But at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're better. You're going to better yourself no matter what. Like, think of it that way. You're going to better yourself in the future. And it's going to help you out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like fully what's like in the classroom for me. You know, there's just kids in there who know what the teacher's saying, but I don't. And there is other teachers in the classroom who don't either, but they don't ask the questions. And I try to as much as I can. Mm, absolutely. And then most of the time they do answer it, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think for yourself and for myself, anyway, like we always start thinking, overthinking stuff. We're always thinking, if I ask this, oh, they're going to do, they're going to say something mean or they're going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to come off very badly when I ask this. So we always build up a lot of anxiety 
you build up a lot of anxiety in yourself and you're always like, oh, God, if I say something here, they're just going to think I'm a bit dumb and they're going to tell me to go away. Then you ask it and then they just go, oh, yeah, sure, that's no problem. And then that feeling just goes away. So I think yeah. once you get used to just asking more questions, like, you know, you're definitely going to, you know, excel in life and you're definitely going to, that feeling is definitely going to go away. Like, so you're just, sooner or later, like maybe when you're in third year, you'll just be asking questions like left, right and centre to teachers like, hey, can you help me out here yeah. with this? And that's definitely the yeah. way you should be doing it. Like, Do you feel more empowered? Has talking to Carl helped you with that? I'm a lot happier because I have some, I know somebody now that actually understands me. Mm-hmm. And it's made me feel a lot better than before. Because, you know, it was hard, it's hard for me because like, trying to talk to people or trying to ask something I just don't know what to do and playing sports and trying to get better wasn't easy for me and you know this has just helped me so much. Carl how does that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel well it makes me feel very grateful to be a part of this like it makes me feel great to just help help yourself help Robert out with this so I think in a way I'd speaking to Robert speaking to yourself Robert I see a lot myself in you now just always sports driven always just wanting to just play sports as much as I can to get away from school get away from everything and I think in a way I kind of wished I had somebody who understood me and was able to say to me like look just don't be afraid to do this don't be afraid to do that you know like and I think now it's great to just be able to talk to people and tell them like learn to tell them like of my mistakes and tell pass them on to you and tell them don't make the same ones that I did so I hope yeah. you I wish you the best of luck in the future Robert like you're a great by the sounds of it you're a great kid like and you definitely have a bright future ahead of you like don't ever let anything hold you back that's what I'd say never let never let people like anything people say about you like negatively don't let it define you I'd say like don't if people say to you oh well, that, that Robert fella has DAD like people have said the same thing about me like you know they said like oh you know he's not very smart he's not very good at this he's not very good at that no. don't let that get to you like you know always remember who you are and what you have is who is what defines you and it's what gonna it's, that's what's gonna drive you forward into the future and you're gonna have a very very future ahead of you so wow i really enjoyed that conversation between carl and robert i caught up with robert a few days after that recording just to check in and see what he thought about the recording and how he felt here's what he had to say I think it was very good. I really enjoyed it because I finally get to meet someone like me. And yeah, it was pretty good to meet him, to be honest. Yeah. How did you feel immediately after recording? I felt really, really happy. I was just full of happiness. I don't, I couldn't say anything else. I was just so happy. I like, I don't even know how to describe it because I was just so happy that I finally get to meet somebody like me. And do you think it made a difference, you know, in yourself and your confidence? Yeah. Definitely. Did you find yourself thinking about things afterwards or thinking about things during the week afterwards and, you know, feeling different? I did, I did yeah, I did feel a little bit different. I felt a lot more uh, confident in myself because, you know, I finally, it's I figured out that it's fine to not be, to not have DLD. It's grand to have DLD and you're still going to be a normal human. Absolutely. It's just, Carl was just so lovely and, and, and really, he gave great advice, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, um, and sure, who knows, you might be going on to play football yourself. Um, what do you reckon? 
I'd say I could, yeah. yeah. It's just another couple of years to practice, though. Of course. Um, what was your favourite part of making the show? I think it was probably meeting Carol. It was really, really good. And like, although it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, I was talking to him. It was still really good to talk to him. I was really happy. He understood me most of the time, which mm. stunned me most for most of it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Someone Like Me. Thank you to Robert and thank you to Carl. If you'd like to find out more information about DLD, you can go to www.radld.org. Catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Someone Like Me. This show was made in partnership with RTE Junior and the BAI. This is Anne. RTE Junior Podcast!